Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, May 22, 2008. Divine manifestation is a gift to humanity to assist human beings on this earthly journey as one reaches for their Dharma calling, their soul's highest destiny on earth. Believe and you shall receive all you may need for your soul's highest divine expression. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive, a writer, public speaker, PR marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more at my new website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com or at www.dulcineasdivinevisions.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Dr. Laurel Clark, who was born in Denver, Colorado, raised in Mount Vernon, New York, and attended the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Dr. Laurel Clark is the president of the School of Metaphysics, a not-for-profit educational and service organization headquartered in Missouri with 16 branches in 10 states. The school teaches universal principles of creation and aids people to bring forth their potential through developing essential life skills. Dr. Clark has been a teacher since 1979, aiding people to live more creator-centered lives and to fulfill their purpose. Dr. Clark's quest to understand her own purpose in life began as a child and blossomed when she discovered the School of Metaphysics. Through aiding people to understand and create wholeness within them, she is fulfilling her own calling as a teacher, minister, counselor, intuitive reporter, author, and public speaker. The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization is her latest book release. Published last summer, it is already in its second printing. Dr. Clark has been on tour since last fall speaking about universal principles of visualization and the law of attraction. Dr. Clark is a gifted storyteller whose practical examples teach people how they can manifest their own genius. Her mission is to empower people to create the life they desire and to aid humanity in the process. Both of her fantastic books, Dharma, Finding Your Soul's Purpose, and The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization draw upon intuitive research conducted by the School of Metaphysics. The school has developed a way to directly access the universal wisdom of the subconscious mind to benefit individuals in their quest for self-awareness. Listeners who want to know more about how they can benefit from this intuitive knowledge through receiving an intuitive report from the School of Metaphysics can contact SOM World Headquarters. Tonight, Dr. Laurel and me will be discussing the divine possibilities of manifestation in her latest book release, The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization, and also, also focus on the Dharma reasons, the true sole purpose for this earthly experience. Welcome, Dr. Laurel. Thank you for coming on Evolution Revolution tonight. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. So what inspired you to write The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization? That is a good question. Um, I actually wrote an earlier version of this book in 1992. It was published in 93 or 94. And that was called Shaping Your Life, The Power of Creative Imagery. And at that time, my inspiration was what I had learned through the School of Metaphysics, which is that 
there are actual scientific principles that people can learn step by step to be able to visualize and create not only the things that they want in life, but the self-image, um, changing attitudes, changing habits. And um, that book was extremely popular. It had lots of practical examples. And I had many people who told me that they'd used it to change their life with just some of the simple practices in there. And um, then within the last, oh, probably three years, I decided to incorporate in some of what was written in that book research that is done through intuition through the School of Metaphysics. So that became the revised and updated version of the book, which um, the title for it I received um, through intuition. As I was going to bed one night, the book was completed. I didn't really have a title that I was satisfied with. And this was shortly after the movie The Secret had come out and everybody was talking about the law of attraction. And I went to bed one night and asked for a title for this book in a dream. And as I was waking up, I heard in my mind the law of attraction and other secrets of visualization. So I wrote it down and I said, that's it. That's what I'm going to call this book. That's so wonderful. And that's so exciting that you got to build upon your previous work and incorporate your you know, latest knowledge, wisdom, and intuition into something that was already so solid. Mm-hmm. What I've found and what many people have found through the School of Metaphysics is that anybody who is successful in any endeavor in life understands the principle that a thought is cause, that what we think is very powerful and our thoughts have actual energy to them. They are electromagnetic. So whatever we think about and what we fill our minds with is attractive. It is literally like a magnet that draws to us whatever matches our thoughts. And this can be anything from I want a new red car to um, I want to meet a person to be involved in a relationship with to um, I want to understand how to change this habit. And I think that many people use this unconsciously. The people who are successful in many different areas of life use it consciously. They know how it works. They know why it works. And so it, it was important to me to be able to share that with people so that people could live more conscious lives. That's very important. I think that it's great that you point out that we can use the law of attraction for anything beginning with a thought, but I think it is so important to really look at how we can bring in that manifestation from a higher perspective, you know, serving the higher good of all, not just our own selfish desires or intentions. (laughs) Absolutely. I think that is so important because, especially in Western society, unfortunately, as we have become more and more technologically developed, it seems that we have become less morally and ethically developed and that there has been a big loss of maybe not spirituality, but certainly a loss of teaching about spirituality. You know, in the public school systems, people aren't allowed to mention God. There's been stories in the news about courtrooms that have had to take the Ten Commandments off of the walls of the courtroom. And um, in that, there are people particularly people who are maybe under the age of 30 who have not been raised with a strong religious background, 
who don't even have a strong moral and ethical viewpoint of life. So I'm not saying this is true of everybody, but there are a lot of people who think about life as getting what you can and trying to um, do whatever you can to get the most out of life without really learning about how to give the most to life. And I think what most people know is that to be truly content, to be truly happy, to really experience joy always comes from cooperating with other people. It comes from bringing out what is the highest that you have within yourself and using it to aid other people. In fact, one of the universal laws, the law of attraction is just one of 13. One of those is the law of abundance, that when you aid others to abundance, you always have abundance. So it's not just about me first and getting what I want. It's about doing what's in the good of the whole and the the good of humanity. Yes, and you know, at this point I'll tie in your book, Dharma, Finding Your Soul's Purpose, which was the first book that I had come across that you had written a few years back, and it was just so validating to me that my soul purpose lies within and to look within for that soul purpose. And I think that ties in when people are in their soul purpose or living their dharma, they naturally can use the law of attraction in that higher resonation. I think that is exactly true. I think that um, sometimes when people are looking for why am I here, you know, what is my purpose in life, they think of it in terms of a career, like I should be a teacher or I should be a writer or a public speaker. And as you well know, there are many different forms that your life can take in terms of occupation. However, there's only one you that you bring to all of those places. So what the Dharma is, which is um, translated as duty, it is your spiritual duty or your soul duty, it's to bring you to every person you meet, to every place you go. And the more that you can understand what is the real you, the inner you, the essential you, then the more you can be content in what you're doing and the better able you are to influence other people in a way that benefits them also. Yes, it's a (laughs) win-win. Right, exactly. We like that. Well, that's wonderful. So with the book, The Law of Attraction, what causes a coincidence? I think this is so important. I think so many people just overlook coincidences. Right, And I think that's a really important point to bring forth about how to really optimize the law of attraction within one's experience. Well, what we teach people in the School of Metaphysics is that the mind has three major divisions. The outer mind, which is called the conscious mind, is where we form images of what we want. And it can be something big like a career It can be something small like a pair of shoes. It doesn't really matter what it is. When we create a very clear, solid thought form of what we want, what we want it to look like, smell like, taste like, feel like, be like, that thought form, as we give it attention, becomes magnetized or um, attractive. And as we visualize it, as we think about it, our conscious mind sends out a broadcast and very much like a radio broadcast or a television broadcast we broadcast our thought form into what's called universal mind 
and universal mind, it's kind of like the World Wide Web, that there are all of these people that are connected somewhere. You know, it's not a physical place. It's um, a vibratory connection. And the the universal mind or the subconscious mind is very much like a web. So that like attracts like, meaning that when you have a desire, for example, to educate people, and there are all these people in the world who want to be educated, on your radio broadcast, your webcast, you send out the broadcast of education, and then all of these people tune in and receive it. So that mutual attraction, people who want to learn, people who want to give and to teach, are drawn together. And that's exactly how the mind works, that the subconscious mind is like the World Wide Web. So there are all of these minds that are broadcasting desires, and when those compatible desires come together, how we experience it in our physical lives is sometimes as a coincidence. Like you are looking for a job, and maybe you've looked in the newspaper, and you've gone on some job interviews, and you're talking with a friend of yours and somebody behind you in a grocery store just so happens to eavesdrop and they say, wow, I have a company and we're looking for somebody to do exactly what you're saying that you want to do. So those things are not accidents. They happen because everybody's mind is sending out this type of mental broadcast. So what we need to do is, first of all, create the clear thought forms of what we want and then be receptive for the people and places and things that are in our lives and also be receptive to our own intuition, you know, to follow the hunches, to follow the inner urge, to listen to those voices that sometimes are inside our minds that say, go here, pick up the phone, you know, speak to this person, those kinds of things. I think that is so important. I definitely am one of those individuals who's, who have used that that radar in my own life, beginning from, okay, which college will I go to? Okay, which PhD program do I want to attend? And I would just kind of, you know, maneuver through that. So I think for me, it has been pivotal for me to really understand what I want and what I am seeking to really trust that inner intuition, to allow my clear thought to form, and then, of course, to act upon that clear form and be receptive to people bringing it to me, but also to going out in the world and finding it. Right. Knowing exactly. that like attracts like. Yes, I think that's an important part. A lot of people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm into the secret and, and I really want to create it, but I just asked for it so it should just show up like in a pretty package. And <laughs> right. I think there is an element of action to it. There definitely is, and I think that's really important because, you know, it, the chances if you are wanting a job, let's say, of you sitting in your living room um, visualizing the chances that someone is going to come knocking on your door saying, hey, would you like to work for me, that's pretty low. I mean, it might happen, but it's much more likely to happen if in addition to you broadcasting your desire, you also take action on it. Because the law of attraction works both in you drawing to you what it is that you want as well as you being drawn towards what it is that you want. So there's an aggressive and receptive factor, and it's important to have both in balance. Yes, that's very good, very well said. How is love related to the law of attraction? Um, it's very much related to it. Love is very drawing. It's very attractive. You know, if you think about when people are in love, 
someone who's in love tends to glow. They look beautiful. And I mean, even if somebody else doesn't know that they're in love, they'll see them and they'll say, wow, you know, there's something about you that's different. So when there's something that we love, then it's a very nurturing, um, drawing, creative type of energy. And it makes us much more open to receiving what it is that we want. It's part of the difference between somebody who tries to make something happen and they try to force the activity and it seems very hard and laborious. When somebody loves what they're doing, it seems like everything they touch turns to gold. And every place they look, there's some opportunity for them to manifest what they're looking for. Yes, that is so true. I think love is a, is a very much of a strong attract, attracting force. It's just that positive energy. I just see red hearts, you know, little positive red hearts, just right. love. Right. <laughs> and then I see gold streaming in. So I think it's very important that as people form their clear thoughts to make sure that their thoughts are formed from a love stance versus a fear stance so that the law of attraction can work in the higher good. Yes, I think that's definitely true. In many ways, when we use our creative mind, it's like growing a garden. And people who grow plants know how important it is to love those plants, to nurture them, to give them the right amount of water and fertilizer and sunlight, to touch them. People who grow beautiful plants usually talk to them and they sing to them. So they tend to the process of growth. It's not just putting some seeds in the soil and um, you know, physically pouring water on it, there's a mental quality of nurturing that's part of bringing about the plant. And there's a kind of anticipation when you see the first little sprouts coming up above the ground. There's a a kind of excitement about watching the process along the way. And, And that's true with our creations also. Part of what that brings to us is the ability to be patient, the ability to, um, be flexible, to respond, You know, if you're growing a plant, you might need to uh, pull some weeds here and there. Sometimes you need to transplant it. And the same thing is true with our creative minds and our creations. Very much so. I I think that's true, and I love the garden analogy because I see a seed of light within everybody and every client and every person I encounter, and it's just often they're not conscious of that seed of light, that it needs the love and that that nurturance, and then it will flourish. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And I think that that is related to what you were asking about before with Dharma, is the more that we can be attentive to who we are. And um, one of the ways to do that is through learning about dreams. Another way is through meditation. It's very important that we pay attention to our inner life and our inner self so that we can discover who we are because there are universal laws, there are universal principles, there's things about us that are like other people, and then there's also a uniqueness that we each have, which is based on our our past understandings, it's based on the individuality of our soul, our essence. So there's a kind of dance between what it is that brings us all together, what it is that's universal among us, and what it is that's unique that we each have to give to one another. 
Yes. So in the book, The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization, you do a really great job at showing multiple ways to use this in, in relation to Dharma aspects of changing habits, self-image, exploring your talents, positive thinking. And then you also touch upon the law of attraction with decision-making and planning, more of a manifestation on an outer level, mm-hmm. or relationships, again, an outer element, looking at how you interact within your inner circle and with others in the world. And then you, you finalize with becoming empowered, which is so important. It's just key. Right. So I think I really appreciated the story in the beginning of the book where you talk about changing habits and addictive patterns. I think that that is really important for people to understand that one of the stories that I tell in there is how I quit smoking. And I started smoking when I was 16 years old. So that was pretty much a developmental time in my life and my image of myself. And when I was 32... I decided that if I was going to quit smoking, that was the year, because if I smoked for one more year, I would have been a smoker for more than half of my life. And so that was kind of a, not exactly a trick, but it was an impetus for me to stop smoking right then. However, the difficulty with quitting smoking is that the picture of that is kind of like the no smoking signs you see everywhere. It's a picture of a cigarette with a red line through it. So if you're trying to quit smoking, it means that every time you think about that, you're thinking about smoking. So that is one of the reasons why many people have difficulty breaking addictions is that they are trying to cancel out something that they can't stop thinking about. And what I discovered is that there was a whole identity that had many different facets of it that was built around smoking that started with my desire to be grown up and be mature and I've been used to sit in front of a mirror and watch myself and cultivate a certain um, image of myself you know this was in the day and age when smoking was still considered to be popular and glamorous nowadays it's a little bit different but nevertheless any habit that someone has even though it has physical manifestations It starts with a thought. It starts with a thought of identity. It starts with a thought of desire. It starts with a thought of something that the person is wanting to cultivate or develop in themselves. And then all of the added-on habits are also mental images. So to break the habit once and for all without replacing it with some other habit, it means getting to the cause, which is the mental image. In my case, it was the image of myself as an adult, as independent, as having authority. So once I identified that, then what I discovered is that I needed to create a new image. And the new image that I created was myself having mastery, myself being a master rather than a slave to these cigarettes. And as it turned out, it was a very fun, exhilarating process to change the old habit and replace it with a new mental image. And I have never gone back to smoking. I've never wanted to smoke. I've never lusted after cigarettes. You know, I know some people who haven't smoked for years, and they say that they still want a cigarette. And, I mean, to me, it's like a whole other lifetime. I can hardly even remember smoking. 
That is so wonderful. And I really like how you broke it down back to the point that it was just an image of yourself. It was the way that you viewed yourself. It wasn't anything external. It was internal. And of course, in this society, it's like, oh, well, you're, you have an, um, you're addicted to this because the world thinks you should be, or there's a way the world will view you. But in fact, it always starts from within. It does always start from within, and that's where the power comes from. The power comes from recognizing that you are always the cause of you. You're the cause of your thoughts. You're the cause of your attitudes. You're the cause of your self-image. You're the cause of your feelings. I mean, you're the cause of everything. And by cause, I don't mean blame or fault. I mean that you cause yourself to be as you are. So when you can really understand that, then you have the power to cause change. That's true of healing. It's true of changing habits. It's true of changing financial conditions. It's true of everything in life. Yes, I think that's a really important point in the element of the law of attraction is realizing whatever is within will reveal out. It, 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 there's an old saying, what is within is so without, or as above, so below, right. as within, so without. it. I think that, that that just really is evident throughout the book. And again, you do a great job for someone who's looking at overcoming changing a habit or their self-image or exploring their talents and becoming empowered within mm-hmm. themselves or using positive thinking, Dr. Laura Clark in her latest book release, The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization, does a fantastic job of using her own experiences, but in detail really simplifying what the premise is, what that initial cause is, so that it can be unraveled with love and nurturance and, and understanding and, of course, self-acceptance so that, so that it can transform into the desired outcome. It's What I've found is that there are a lot of people who appreciate the book because it does have a lot of stories and a lot of examples. And sometimes when a person is having difficulty imagining themselves changing, it can be inspiring to read about someone else's story, to read how they, for example, were able to change a habit of smoking or overeating or how they were able to create the job of their dreams or um, draw into their life a new car or whatever it might be. And um, one of the principles that I've learned through my studies in the School of Metaphysics is that one of the secrets of visualizing is to create a very clear mental image of what you want and to picture it with all of your senses, like what it's going to look like and taste like and smell like and feel like and sound like. And the more clear and complete the image is, the more concentrated the thought form is and then the greater its drawing power is. And that's part of the difference between people who get exactly what they want and people who get sort of what they want. The person who gets exactly what they want is usually very specific, very clear, very detailed, the person who sort of gets what they want oftentimes is someone who's, oh, kind of vague. They have a general idea but not really specific. Or it may be a person who has a thought about something but they have a hard time concentrating on it and acting upon it. They kind of let their ideas float in and out of their mind. So the concentration factor is very important also. 
Yes, that makes a lot of sense because I've experienced both. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably all do at one level, but it is true the more clear and the more detailed that I've been. Like, for example, I wanted to go to a Ph.D. school directly from a bachelor's program, so I only saw a Ph.D. acceptance letter. I only saw a Ph.D. program. I only saw the, you know, the Department of um, the accepting the applications department. I just saw them seeing my application and saying yes. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I really went into detail. And then in other aspects of trying to find a job, I wasn't clear about necessarily which job. So I was just attracting random jobs, right? Right. <laughs> you know, to learn. So there is a definite learning curve with using the law of attraction. And you do again a great job in the book, really clarifying to form a clear thought, to form a clear picture, to nurture that clear thought and picture with love and optimism, and then to act to support that initial primary thought of manifestation and then allow the universe to work in the mysterious ways that it does. Right. And that's the part that I think is really fun, is recognizing that there is a kind of mystery, something that's um, unknown, that um, there may be opportunities that in your conscious mind you have a hard time imagining. So if you're open to the abundance of the universe it can help you to have the courage to go into new places, to meet new people. There are um, other universal laws. One of those is called the law of relativity, which one of the ways that can be described is that one thing leads to another. So if you are looking for a Ph.D. program, you might know of one that's the one that you think that you want to go to, and you go and interview with those people and then through that you meet someone who says, well, you might consider this program because this sounds like it has more exactly what you want. So that first interview may lead you somewhere else and then that may lead you somewhere else where you get the dream that's exactly what you want. And that's part of the fun is seeing how one door can open another door and that there are um, resources that may have been unknown to you that become known to you. That is very true. I experience that very often. Even in the in the in the intros to the PhD program, I was at one, and there was a spiritual based one a block away, wow. and something said, "Go go there. You need to go to explore that." So I went there, and I ended up meeting an amazing professor who was working with DNA, which was my specialty, and he was proving that God is in the genes. Wow. It was really, really exciting, and so now I, you know, I have connections with both of them. But it was really neat to see how I had already done that real-worldly academic research, and I wanted to bring spirit into it. Mm-hmm. So within a block away, there it was. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's so neat. So I love little stories that show that what we what we believe in theory is actually can be created as an experience. Right, and that's why expectation is so important. It's really important to expect the best. Because even if you don't know exactly how it's going to happen, by expecting that it will happen, then your mind is open to possibilities that can come your way. And you may not know exactly um, what something is going to lead you to, to be able to be open to it, to realize that you know it's not an accident that your attention was drawn to that program that was right down the block. You know, somebody else might have, gone to that school for four years and never even saw the thing that was right down the block. That happens all the time. That's so true. That is very, very true. So how are science and attraction interrelated? Well, 
I am not a physical scientist. However, I do know enough about physical science to know that there are physical laws that are correlated with the mental laws. Um, For example, the law of gravity is very much like the law of attraction, which is that large bodies like planets are drawn together through this force of um, magnetism that draws them together. There is um, electromagnetism that describes the universe as being energy with electromagnetic currents. And recently I've learned that scientists actually have a theory that they call the um, string theory that's a theory of everything. And what they describe is that the entire universe is made up of strings of energy that are all interconnected like a big web, which is what we were talking about earlier, that there is an interconnection of everything in the universe through thought, through the magnetism of thought, through the electricity of thought, and scientists say the same thing. They now say that the universe is not made up of things, that it is made up of energy, and that everything is actually made up of the same kind of energy, which is strings that are either open or closed, aggressive or receptive. Very, very good. I think the movie, um, What the Bleep Do We Know, in it really expressed the quantum physics, and it took several different um, professional expertise opinions to really put that movie together. They took physicists from the top universities and then some spiritual um, leaders and really brought that together. And I just wanted to point that out, that in the book, this book is a very, uh, it's a very application-oriented book, The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization by Dr. Laurel Clark. And I think that this really focuses on not the quantum level, but the actual meaningful life experience that can be had once that quantum level is applied. It's a natural effect of using the law of attraction. But I think it's important for people to know that there is a science background to it. And I think that we all experience that um, on a very macro level, but the science level is a very micro level. But right. I just wanted to bring that in. That That's very true. There's actually a seminar that Dr. Barbara Condren developed called Powers of Ten that we have been offering for the past three years. And that's part of what it teaches. It's a wonderful day that some of your listeners might be interested in coming to that relates science and um, everyday life experience. It talks about how people experience their own power as they go through repeated life experiences to just go through an experience over and over again doesn't empower you. To go through an experience and produce change in yourself, produce understanding, that's what gives you power. And it actually is through the seminar that I learned about the um, principles of gravity and electromagnetism and the string theory and how that's related to us. So um, if people want to experience that on a direct level, it's a wonderful seminar that gives people exercises that they can do, that they can apply in their everyday life, to understand their relationship to the whole universe, as well as understanding the relationship of people in the universe to themselves and their own process of thought. Very fun. So they can find out more information about that at www.som.org. 
I'd also like to mention that Dr. Laurel Clark in the School of Metaphysics has two other websites, www.dreamschool.org and www.peacedome.org. Would you like to briefly overview what Dream School and Peacedome are for the listeners? Sure. Um, the School of Metaphysics in our course of study teaches people about dreams, why they're important, um, how they communicate to us, what we found is that every person dreams and that every dream is about the dreamer. So these are wonderful tools for having a kind of inner guidance as well as giving us ways that we can access our own intuition. So the dreamschool.org website highlights the research that we've been doing for over 30 years. And there's a wonderful online dream course that people can take um, for listeners who don't live in a city where we have a school of metaphysics, there are 16 throughout the Midwest, um, but there are many people who live in cities where we don't have school of metaphysics branches. They can study dreams online. We have um, archives of dreams that we've interpreted for people. People can email dreams to have interpreted. And we have books and tapes. Um, so all of our dream research is recorded in this online campus. And then the peacedome.org site is one that developed in 2003. We built a monolithic dome on the campus of the College of Metaphysics that is called the world's first peace dome. And it is a universal site dedicated to peace. We have um, a program that we offer there called the Invitation that I've been in for the last three years that it's truly amazing. It brings together eight people who have won the Nobel Peace Prize as if they existed together in the same time and space. And these are people, three of them are still alive. The rest of the people are no longer alive. And it brings them together as if they were conversing in your living room about their ideas of peace. And the wonderful thing about it is that the words they say are excerpts from their acceptance speeches when they won the Nobel Peace Prize and how it's woven together, you can really see how these people have, um, in their own quiet ways in some cases and their uh, not-so-quiet ways in other cases, have changed humanity through living their ideals, through being a force for good in the world. And so it's very educational. It's very inspirational. Um, Albert Schweitzer is in it, Martin Luther King Jr., um, Mother Teresa, the Dalai Lama, the person I portray is Shadina Abadi, who's a civil rights lawyer in Iran. Um, she won the Peace Prize in 2003. And um, there are other, many different activities that we do, including children and adults, that teaches people that peace begins within the self, that it is our own peaceful minds that ultimately are going to bring about peace on earth. And sometimes people think that that's kind of an idealistic viewpoint, which it is. And I believe that idealism is what changes the world. That, you know, if you think about it, if you are peaceful yourself, then you can be peaceful with your family, then you can be peaceful with your community. And communities that are peaceful can be peaceful with each other that is what brings about peace in the world. So um, 
many of our peace endeavors, peace activities are listed on that website. There's beautiful pictures of the peace dome. There's a wall around the dome that is called the healing wall. And we had a group of 10 to 14-year-olds who made a relief map of the world on this wall. And this is a wonderful um, initiative that I hope some of your listeners will participate in. What we're doing is to ask people to send us native stones from around the world that we are going to embed in this relief map so that when it's completed, we will have the collective consciousness of the entire planet in this one place because we'll have stones from the whole world embedded in this peace map. And in that, um, it will be a very great healing force to have all of the whole world all in one place. That is such a wonderful idea, and I really want to touch upon that point that you made, that inner peace creates world peace. And if you want to create world peace, start within yourself. Right. And I think that is very important. And then I also would really like to add that is so exciting about the wall to be able to bring the energy of all these different locations in the world to one place and really symbolize that oneness, that truth that we are peace from within. And that is our true divine inherent nature. And to acknowledge that with the wall really helps us to manifest, as we're talking tonight, as we overview the book, The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization by Dr. Laurel Clark. You know, that idea that peace begins within ourselves is highlighted in a document that a group of teachers in the School of Metaphysics composed in 1996 and 97. It's called the Universal Peace Covenant, and that also is printed on the Peace Dome website. And one of the things that we do is at certain times during the year, we ask people around the globe to read this Universal Peace Covenant um, the next time is July 26th, I believe is the date, which is the beginning of the new year in the Mayan calendar. And um, it's a similar principle to the healing wall, is to have people as one voice who read these thoughts of peace, think these thoughts of peace. You know, just think about the power of people all over the planet, all at the same time, thinking thoughts of peace. And if we can do that for a minute or for an hour, you know, just think of what we could do for a whole year. It's amazing the potential, the possibilities, and I want to bring in the point of really looking into the infinite possibilities to choose what we want to create in World Peace is a wonderful goal to look into those infinite possibilities. And it's so exciting that there is a website, www.peacedome.org, and there's a school, School of Metaphysics, again, www.som.org. So not only can our domestic audience connect with this premise, but also our international audience has the opportunity to really connect with what we're doing here in the Midwest through the School of Metaphysics in the U.S. And what Dr. Laurel Clark has presented with her two books, The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization, and Dharma, Finding Your Soul's Purpose, among many others. And, and I just think it's really, really exciting to see that idealist mentality coming through us because, like you said, we create our reality. We create the future. We create our experience. And if we look at it from an ideal perspective, some may call me a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Right. <laughs> John Lennon said that very well. <laughs> so I, I think that's important. And I think... 
this book again, The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization, its distinct element is it's very grounded and well-rounded about looking within the self and then looking how to optimize that and then knowing that what's, what is within will also appear without. And so I, again, I want to commend you, Dr. Clark, for really bringing something that is like a handbook. It's a tool. It's not a movie and it's not a hype and it's not a story that someone can read. It's an actual how-to handbook to really start from within, which means that it will be genuine and it will be authentic and it will then just flourish on its own. Well, thanks for saying that, Dulcinea. I do think that that's true. And actually one of the reasons why I put so many of the stories in there is that there are a lot of people that believe in the principles of visualization. They believe that thoughts are things. They believe that there's a subconscious mind that has power, but they don't know how to do it. And over and over again, that's what I've heard from people is, how do I do that? And that's what this book gives people is some of the how-tos. And where it comes from in my own experience is my education through the School of Metaphysics, which teaches a wonderful program of step-by-step mental discipline in learning how to focus on a particular thought, learning how to create a clear thought form. And um, so the book does give some steps that people can follow It gives examples that people can use in their own life, and it is very practical and down-to-earth. So I hope people use it because I think that the more that each one of us creates the kind of life that is meaningful to us, then the better able we are to bring our best to other people. Very much true, and I really want to touch upon how that is so relevant with your Dharma, Finding Your Soul's Purpose book. It's Again, the soul purpose lies within, and, and as we can do that, I really think these two books go together. Do you have a class that brings them together? <laughs> um, well, our course of study in the School of Metaphysics, it does bring the principles together in learning um, essential life skills, starting with self-respect, which is, that everything begins and ends with you. We teach people how to discover the inner self, which is where the Dharma comes from. And a lot of that comes about through practicing principles of meditation, through drawing upon the subconscious mind, through dreams. We teach people principles of visualization, which is developing the outer mind, and then to be able to draw upon the inner mind. So um, there are ways that people can learn both the principles in both of these books through the course of study in the School of Metaphysics. That's great. And and you're on tour right now, so they can access these integrated through the School of Metaphysics. Can they access this through through you on your tour? Are there places they can connect to to hear you speak about what you're doing with the Law of Attraction Other Secrets of Visualization at this time? Um, Yes. Actually, I am giving a lecture Tuesday evening in Cincinnati. If any of your listeners are in that area, it's at 7 p.m. And um, if people want to know more about that, they can go to our website, um, som.org, or they could call our school in Cincinnati. Um, 
and I can give that phone number, or they could just call our world headquarters. That way they could find out about all of the lecture tours. That's headquarters is 417-345-8411. And um, I actually am near the end of the lecture tour. I've been to all of the cities that we have um, school of metaphysics locations. Um, however, I will also be speaking in Indianapolis in August and probably Columbia, Missouri in September. So if they contact our world headquarters, they could find out more of the spe uh, specifics about where I'll be in the upcoming months. Wonderful. That's so exciting. So anybody who's interested, again, they can find more information at www.som.org. I'm just really excited, and I think it was so, for me, it was not a coincidence that I came across the Dharma book in Sedona, and then the Law of Attraction book it was your latest release, and I thought, wow, what a combination. So for me, reading these two books together, I really felt like I got the best of both worlds. That's great. <laughs> it's very, very exciting. So how would you recommend that people learn to harmonize with the universal law? That's a very good question. I think the first step is to recognize that each one of us is part of a greater whole and that everything that we do influences everything and everyone else around us and that we are influenced by everything and everyone around us. So it's um, it starts with looking at the self as having power, the thoughts as having power, and then being aware of the relationship of the self to others. One of the first ways that we teach that to people in our course of study is with a simple concentration exercise. You know, it's one thing to have the idea that your thoughts are powerful. It's another thing when your mind is racing a mile a minute to even know what your thoughts are. So practicing concentration exercises to gain some stillness in the mind is extremely valuable so that you can begin to weed out the kind of brain chatter and become more still to be clear about the thoughts that are coming from the inner self and to be more able to choose the kind of thoughts that you want to have. I think in terms of harmonizing with the law of attraction, it's important to learn how to be receptive. In other words, how to look and how to see, how to listen, how to hear, so that, for example, in the example you were giving of going to this PhD program and finding out that just down the block there was a spiritual program, you had to be attentive to even see that that was there. So learning how to give undivided attention both to the outer environment you know, the people, places, and things that are around you, as well as the inner environment, which is your own mind, your own state of being, you know, whether you're content, whether you're ill at ease, those are good places to begin. Yes, that's a very good point. And I love that. I love the idea of that there are 13 universal laws and you've taken one of them and just really maximized that in, in the book. And I do think, though, that the law of abundance ties so richly into the law of attraction. I think I said to you prior to us recording that I think we all have a divine trust fund that is awaiting us, that infinite abundance that flows from the heavens. And it's just learning to to really receive that. And I think that comes through the law of attraction. So those two work so synergistically together. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. And actually there's a second volume that will be coming out um, 
of the visualization book, and I have been thinking about calling it the Law of Abundance. So, oh, look at this validating. Right, right. <laughs> That's exciting because I think people, you know, a lot of uh, what I find a lot of my clients encounter is just lack belief. You know, just they they really get caught up in that lack pattern, that lack lack thinking because you know that is what the world teaches. And of course, we're still coming out of our grandparents' generation of the Great Depression, and even today at this point in our evolution, I mean, the times and the economically are not we're not at an advantage at this moment. Right. And so I think people start going, oh, I lost my job. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? They start panicking and going into that lack. And I think this is a time more than ever to really tap into that universal abundance. You know, people say to me, aren't you worried, like, what you're doing? You're pursuing your passions. I mean, how do you know you're going to have a secure job? I was like, well, hey, I got backup plan B and C, but I'm manifesting with the law of abundance. I know, I'm certain that what I want will be supported by the universe because I'm looking for the higher good of all. Right, and that's so encouraging to hear you say that because that's been true throughout history. I mean, even during times of depression, there are always single individuals who have had a different kind of life, and it's been from exactly what you're talking about, is that there was a higher purpose that they were serving, and they learned to tell the difference between what was really needed for the inner self and what was just kind of frivolous, and the universe always takes care of our needs. So true. I definitely humbly can say that has been 100% true for me. (laughs) So how does a miracle occur, Dr. Clark? Oh, what a great question. Um, The first thing that I would say is I think in order for somebody to even recognize a miracle, they need to have gratitude. They need to look at what is being given all the time because to one person what might look like a miracle to somebody else might not. So I think that part of us even being able to receive a miracle is being grateful for what's in our lives and being open to expecting that whatever is in the best interest of all will happen because sometimes what at first glance might look at uh, we might look at as something difficult or challenging it might turn out to be our greatest blessing so a lot of it is how we look at our lives and look at the universe sometimes people experience this with illness that they might um lose their job let's say because they are are ill and through that they discover that there's more love in their life than they ever knew was possible. They have closer relationships. I have, um, in fact, I told this story in the Dharma book. There was a student of mine who had gone on a vacation with her boyfriend, and she was bitten by this extremely poisonous spider, so she had to cut her vacation short, come home, and her dad, who was working at home, had to apply this salve to her back every day for the spider bite. And in a very short period of time after that, he died unexpectedly. And what she realized is that in the beginning, she was so mad that she had to leave this vacation with her boyfriend. And it turned out to be a great blessing because she got to spend the last few months of her father's life with him. And they became closer than they ever had before. Yes, I experienced a very parallel story to that. I lived in northern, the northern part of the U.S and I was just thriving in the northern, like it was in, I was in the Bay Area in Seattle, and I 
heard very clearly from spirit, it's time to go, and I heard cancer. And I thought, oh, no, I have cancer. What, well, I guess I didn't create it good. And I came home, and I lived with my grandmother, and I found out she was sick with, with cancer and was going to die within three to six months. Wow. So it was one of those things that I was like, why am I being taken geographically from where I want to be? And there was a much higher purpose. And and so now I'm very humble (laughs) to have received that. But at first it was a little challenging that it didn't fit in my ideal. Right. And, you know, if you look at the higher purpose or the higher perspective, that was a miracle. It was a miracle that you were able to hear it. It was a miracle that you responded to it. It was a miracle that you were humbleness or humble enough to follow that kind of guidance. And, you know, from your grandmother's perspective, I'm sure she had her own story of how that was a miracle in her life. Yes, yes, that's very true. Thank you for that. I do appreciate that. And I do believe we all experience miracles. So anybody who doesn't believe, ask and you shall receive. Right. Okay, so how can you use the law of attraction to support the Dharma path on this earthly existence? I think that the first step is to form a very clear desire and a clear image to know what your Dharma is, to know what your destiny is. Um, Some people look at it as finding a higher calling. And then to really cultivate the skill in the mind to listen to the inner self so that you can follow its guidance. And that comes through practicing concentration. It comes through practicing meditation. And then it comes through responding to what's in your environment, whether it's um, listening to a hunch and following that. It might be um, going out to explore different resources. What we have discovered is that Dharma is the inner nature of a person. It's not an occupation, it's more a quality like persistence or discernment or expectation, and that each one of us has a cluster of understandings that we've built over lifetimes. That's a it's a kind of inner compulsion or an inner urge. So the more that we listen to the inner self and follow its guidance, then that aids us in making choices in our outer life that will be what we need to do, you know, being in the right place at the right time is kind of the, um, oh, probably practical application of describing being in a dharmic type of situation. Yes, we're talking with Dr. Laurel Clark, and we're discussing her latest book release, The Law of Attraction and Other Secrets of Visualization, and a, a past book release, titled Dharma, Finding Your Soul's Purpose. I recommend either one of these, and you can find them on the website at www.som.org. The manifestation process comes from the belief, intention, focus, and faith that the desired outcome will arrive in the highest form because you have asked, and as great teachings say, ask and you shall receive. The universe is a loving and generous entity. Believe in yourself to bring your desires into your life so that you can live in dharma, in truth, and fulfill your soul's purpose, the spirit goal for experiencing planet Earth at this specific time in your uniquely divine expression and as a natural result, positively impact the script of humanity. Coming up next week on May 29th, Albert Clayton Golden will be appearing author of Signs and Wonders and You're Not Who You Think You Are, a blueprint for retrieving your authentic self. 
On June 5th, Daniel Condren from the School of Metaphysics and his Enlightened Consciousness with the book The Emptiness Sutra. On June 12th, Karen Sawyer will be appearing with her amazing compilations of spiritual leaders in her wonderful book, Soul Companions, Karen's in the UK. On June 19th, Dr. Susan Carroll will be reappearing on Evolution Revolution to discuss Volume 2 of Becoming One, People and Planet, a revolutionary look at the interconnectedness between planet and man. Coming up on June 26th, Michael Skorowski will be appearing with his emotionally evoking true story about intimate love, a spiritual course together, mastering relationship challenges, and facing cancer within the dynamic in his heart-touching and inspiring book, Unforgettable, A Love and Spiritual Growth Story. And you can look forward in July to Evo Dominguez Jr. with his valuable and insightful book, Spirit Speak, Knowing and Understanding Spirit Guides, Ancestors, Ghosts, Angels, and the Divine on July 10th. And coming up on July 17th, the captivating book, Medicine Dance, a powerful look into a woman's healing journey into the world of Native American sweat lodges, drumming meditations, and dance fast as she faced overcoming a major health obstacle. On July 31st, Chrissy Blaze will be reappearing to discuss her wonderful book, Power Prayer, that she co-wrote with Gary Blaze with the foreword written by Marianne Williamson. Please join us. And in August, you can look forward to Jock Brokus on August 7th, the most accurate medium, psychic, and enlightened author with his powerful wisdom and professional expertise in a well-rounded personal portrait emphasizing the importance of the intuitive gift in this modern-day existence that lies inherent deep within each human being in his latest book release, Powers of the Sixth Sense. You can purchase Jock Brokus' book and all of our author's books at www.amazon.com. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the new revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com and in the blue player box, go under Past Episodes, or you can find a link to the talk show link under the header Previous Evolution Revolution Shows. Either way, we'll get you to our archives. They are available 24 hours a day to listen, download into iTunes or Windows Media Player at no charge. The archives include amazing talent such as Gary Zukov, Dr. Adrian Windsor, Chrissy Blaze, Neil Donald Walsh, Taylor Wilshire, Dr. Barbara Condren, Jeff Brown, Dr. Susan Carroll, Anna Maria Hemingway, Charles Virtue, Michael Tamora, Marla Martinson, Michael Brown, Richard Blackstone, David Robert Ord, Megan Skinner, Dr. Lisa Love, Jennifer Weigel, Betty Youngs, and Paula Marie Jackson. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I am a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings via phone anywhere, allowing me to connect with people across the globe. Again, you can find me on the web at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com or www.dulcineasdivinevision.com. There is a clairvoyant reading page on the website to explore, which includes testimonials and my contact information. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you're interested in partnering and supporting on the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, you can find my contact information under contact us at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com and let me know of your interest. 
I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guest, Dr. Laurel Clark. Thank you, Dr. Clark. We appreciate you coming on so much. Oh, thank you very much. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the new and revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles, and love today and always. Abundant angel blessings. Good night.